Uh, good morning. So, as, as Donnie said, I am the family pastor, which means a couple of things. One, um, my typical audience is a little bit younger than this audience. Um, I'm used to speaking to kids. Two, when I speak to adults, it's usually kids' pastors. And three, um, I have ADD so bad I confuse myself sometimes. Um, so if I just say something, just like, okay, that's ADD um, moment. So just kind of go, go with me there. And then the last thing is um, because I'm used to talking to kids or kids' pastors, audience participation is required. Okay, and, and I may not necessarily be able to see you, but um, I can hear you, and, and so I'll ask a question and then response. Y'all got it? Hey, see, so there, there you go. You, you passed, uh, you passed your, your first test. Good job. So now, how many of you would love to have your homes be blessed? Okay, there. Man, all right, here we go. So, so uh, just, just show, raise your hand. Raise your hand. I'm going to look. Raise your hand. If you want your family to be blessed, raise your hand. Okay, so some of you want your families to be cursed. Awesome. Okay, that's a different message, but whatever. Um, so but when, we look at, when we look at families today in general, we don't think, wow, they are blessed. We don't just say, man, that, that is a blessed family. They've got it going on there. They've, they've got the 2.3 kids, wherever that 0.3 kid comes from, with the dog and the perfect house, the beautifully manicured yard, and the fine cars and just, they're just living life because they are just awesome. We don't really, when we look at families, we don't really say that. A lot of times we look at families like, dude, they are messed up. Their yard, cut it, please, just mow the yard. There's this one house in our neighborhood. I, every, my wife and I go for a while, so I walk by the house, and I'm like, oh, just cut your yard, please. <laughs> that's, that, that, that's all I ask. So, so we, a lot of times we look at families and we're like, they're, they're kind of jacked up a little bit. And, and we look at their kids, we're like, okay, good luck on, on that one. You know, um, my, 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 my parents used to say, boy, you don't have ADD because I have B-E-L-T. I'm like, yes, ma'am, that, that, <laughs> that, that's right. And, and I, I, t- I tell my kids that too, so, but that's all right. So anyway, um, but, but we look at families, and it is hard to raise families. It is, it's, it, it's very difficult, right, to, to raise a family. And, and so we're going to talk about today of, of some things that, from, from the scripture that, that we can look at. And um, if ushers, if, if you would um, come on down with, with the Bibles, if, if you don't have a Bible, this is our gift to you. We want you to, uh, to keep this. Um, if you just want to use it for this service, then, then that's awesome too. You can just um, hand that back to them at the end of the service, but it, it's yours to keep. And, and so I'm going to be real transparent um, in this message today. Um, I'm going to tell you some things that have worked in our home and then maybe some things that haven't necessarily worked um, too well. And, and before you think, well, you're the family pastor, your family is just perfect, um, they're, they're not. My, my kids do, do crazy things. I do crazy things. My wife, well, obviously she is perfect. Um, she has to be. But um, to put up with this all the time. And, and, and so, you know, I, when, when I start getting on to my kids, you know, they don't, they don't just drop what they're doing and start singing, amazing. You know, they, we don't break out into hymns and just start singing. So we don't have that perfect family. I tell my kids all the time, you ain't seen me crazy yet. And, and they know, uh-oh, daddy's about to go crazy. And so we're going to look at Matthew chapter 5, um, verse 6. 
and, and this is going to be some audience participation, okay? It says, bless those who, what? Hunger and thirst. Man, y'all are on it this morning. Y'all can read. Awesome. Uh, for righteousness, for they will be filled. Right. So righteousness, that is one of those awesome big Bible words. Um, basically, righteousness is to live, live a life that's pleasing to God. It's a good Bible word for kind of living without sin and, and, and guilt. So blessed are those who hunger and thirst to live a life without sin or, or, or guilt. So when we hunger for, for righteousness, um, then it says we will be filled. And so a lot of times we, we have a tendency to fill our lives with, with things that, that don't really matter. We're filling our lives with, um, if you're filling your life with things that don't matter, it's hard to fill your life with things that are pleasing to God, right? Be, because you can only be so full, right? And, and, and the Bible even talks about our cup running over. So we want to be so filled with God that, that we're just pouring it out and it's just going all over the place. But, you know, who are the opposite side of that? If we fill our life with stuff, then, then all that's just going to pour out everywhere, right? I saw a sign. Um, it was actually Mother's Day. It said, you're crazy starting to show. You might want to tuck that back in. So, so with, our, with whatever we feel, then, yeah, that was an ADD moment. Um, so whatever we fill our lives with, that's what's going to be full, then that's what's going to, to overflow. So here's a question, um, and, and I want you to be really honest, and this is not audience participation. You don't have to answer this one out loud. Um, in your home, what are you hungering and thirsting for? And in your life, what are you hungering and thirsting for? Students in, in, in school, or if you're in college in your dorm, what are you hungering and thirsting for? Some of us could say, well, we're here to please God. I am, I am hungering and thirsting to please God. And if you're, some of you can be just gut check honest, and that's what you're hungering and thirsting for, is to live a life that, that, that's pleasing to God. Some of us might, might say, well, I'm at church, and so God and Jesus is what I'm hungering and thirsting for. That's because we're at church, and that's what I'm supposed to say. It's a that's the, the good answer. So then, if I were to go, uh, parents, if I were to ask your kids, hey, what are your parents hungering and thirsting for? Would they give the same answer that, that you would give? And so if we look at our past, let, let's just take seven days, because I don't know that I can remember much past um, what just happened seven days ago. So if we look at past seven days, what were you hungering and thirsting for? Some of you say, you know what, I'm just trying to chill. I'm just trying to relax. It's summer. Um, my kids are about to track in, or, or my kids just tracked out, or we've got several more weeks in, until my kids go to school, so we're just trying to, we're just trying to chill and, and relax. And you know what? There's nothing wrong with just hanging out and, and relaxing. And you know, some of you say, you know, I, I just work hard all week, and so I am just hungering and thirsting for you to get finished talking so I can go to lunch, so I can just chill. And, and, and you know, today I'm going to be I'm going to be honest from up here. I, at, at today, from about 3 o'clock until late tonight, I'm going to be absolutely useless. I'm a huge University of Alabama fan. ESPNU has been doing the top 25 college football games of 2013, and, or 2012, yep. And uh, there's three Alabama games coming on in a row. I'm done for the day. I'm like, I'll be right here if you need me on the couch. Um, so... Relaxing is okay, but some of us, maybe we hunger and thirst for kind of our image. 
Uh, you know, we, 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 want the, we want the nice car, we want the nice house, the nice lawn, the 2.3 kids and the dog and, the, you know, ev- ev- everything uh, perfect. You know, we, uh, we hunger, some of us hunger and thirst for um, digital crack, which is called Pinterest. Because um, you sit there and you scroll. Ooh, I want that in my house. I want that in my house. I want that in my house. So we're hungry and thirsting for, for the, the little e-card things that they have. Some of us are hungry and thirsting for our Facebook status or our Twitter updates to say, hey, look at me. I'm, so we're hungry and thirsting um, for us. And Dave's going to get me. I forgot to start my timer. Um, oh, that was free, by the way. So now my timer just started. Sorry about that. <laughs> my bad. So anyway, uh, <laughs> yep, ADD. You got it. So some of us will be hungering and, and, and thirsting for, for popularity. Or some of us are, are hungering and thirsting, just, just that image control. You know, th- this is one thing that I will never understood. I've been in ministry for as long as my wife and I have been married. So my kids ha- have kind of grown up um, in the church. And I am fortunate that um, I get to leave on Sunday mornings before really most people in my, in my house get up. But this phenomenon happens, and you as parents, you, you can help me out. Um, how in the middle of the night on a, Saturday, on a Saturday night, you've got your kids' two shoes together? How do they separate in the middle of the night? Right. That, it happens. Does it happen? Yeah. So, somehow it happens, and somebody can't find a shoe. All they knew knew exactly where it was, you know, before they went to bed Saturday night. And, and, and so, we, you know, you're arguing, you're throwing down, you're banging on each other in the car, like, just, just go to church and get out of here. You open the door, you know, hey, how you doing? <laughs> Hallelujah, we're at church. Can't wait to hear Joel singing in red pants. <laughs> so, so, so we're, we're all about the image control. We're, we're all about that image control. Some of us, you know, it's, it's the sports of our kids. And again, just being honest, my, my son plays, plays football. And so, you know, we, we hunger and thirst for his sport. Some of us are hungering and thirst for, like, the underwater synchronized water polo team, you know, like the four and under traveling team league. Um, so we're hungering and thirst for that. But God says hunger and thirst for righteousness. So what do we, so what do, we do when we realize that we're hungering and thirsting for the wrong things? What do we do when, when that is... We're craving that so much. The, the things that don't fill us up, the things that actually kind of make us go, Bleh. we have to change our appetites, right? So if you're hungry and thirsting for things that don't fill you up, don't make you feel good, well, then you change your appetites. An example is I love Krispy Kreme. How many of you love Krispy Kreme? You love Krispy Kreme? Oh, yo, yes. No, you don't. I, how many of you love Krispy Kreme? Oh, come on. Y'all don't love Krispy Kreme. I like lust after Krispy Kreme, okay? The... <laughs> The hot, fresh, now sign, praise Jesus, there's one in Wake Forest. The sign's always on. But, you know, you used to drive by like, is the sign on? Oh, the sign's not on. But the hot, the, you just eat them and just, mm, just melt in your mouth and just stuff all sticking all, all to you. Love Krispy Kreme. Well, then I began to realize, you know what? Krispy Kreme loves me. It loves me so much, it just hangs on just right there. Right? It just sticks. And, and, and so I was eating a lot of Krispy Kreme and chicken fingers and, and, and things like that. And we went to Great Wolf Lodge over Easter. And when we were at Great Wolf Lodge, um, I'm not going to go great detail, but I put my swimsuit on. I was like, wow, 
That's, that's a lot. And, and so what I did was I thought, you know what, I need to stop. I need to, I need to, change, I need to change my appetite. And so I thought, all right, I'm losing weight. That's it. I'm done. I'm losing weight. And, and so the first month went by. I lost 10 pounds in the first month. I was like, booyah. Second month went by. It was probably about five, I guess. And then by, by 90 days, I'd lost 20 pounds. And I was like, hey, hey, I like it. So then one day we were going to Target, and there's Krispy Kreme. I'm like, remember me? And so we go to Krispy Kreme. And, and I bite into that first donut, yes, the first one, and, and I ate it, and I was like, oh, praise Jesus. <laughs> and, then, and then I finished eating that first donut, and I was like, oh, this is not good. So then I ate the second one and the third one. <laughs> just, I just had to make sure, you just have to make sure sometimes. So I ate the second one and, and the third one, and, and then I felt off. I'm, I'm like this. I'm like, oh, I don't know if it's the sugar high or the blah or, or what. But my appetite for Krispy Kreme had changed. So what I realized, what I had been craving all this time, has significantly changed. So as I fed on stuff like um, broccoli and cauliflower and grilled foods, and my wife's just like, vegetables, did you know these existed? It's like I saw it on a pyramid once, didn't know what it meant. But <laughs> I thought the Egyptians ate them. I didn't know. <laughs> so, um, so I started eating eating better, and exercising. It's an amazing diet plan. Can't believe it hasn't caught on yet. But, but I, was eat, I was eating better and exercising, and then so my appetite had changed. And suddenly what satisfied me or what I thought satisfied me didn't. Scripture says, blessed are those who believe in Christ when it's convenient for them, right? That's what it says? No. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. So we need to change our appetites to be filled with the things that will fill us, to be things with, with the things that, that God will, um, that, that God gives us, and, and to live a life that, that's honoring and pleasing to him. In Psalm 63, uh, David, who was this very cool king um, in, in the Old Testament, was just as jacked up as the rest of us. That's why God was able to use him so much. He says, um, He says, God, you are my God. Earnestly I seek you. I thirst for you. My whole being longs for you in a dry and parched land where there is no water. So David was like, I long for you. I thirst for you, God. God, I need you. I need you to fill me up. I need to be filled by you. So I kind of changed that that verse a little bit um, to kind of put it in a family context. It says, God, you are our God. God, we seek you, we thirst, our whole family longs for you. So if we're going to have a, a, have a family that is a, not a Christian family, because we could all say we are a Christian family, because uh, we come to church and we do Christian things. We may even know a Christian song or say a Christian word every, then, every, every now and then. But I want our family to be a Christ-centered family. Big difference between being Christian and being Christ-centered, with, with Christ being at the center of, of everything we do. So uh, imagine if, if that verse said, Oh, popularity, you are my God. Earnestly I seek you. Well, that doesn't make sense. Oh, water polo team for my three-year-old. I earnestly, none, none of that makes sense. So, oh, God, you are my God. I long for you. 
So how do we do that? How do we go from being a, a family that is just a uh, Christian family to a family where God is right there in, in the center? So I'm going to put it kind of on a, uh, kind of on a little practical level. Um, so if you're taking notes, you can write this down. Just help families see God is loving and approachable. So you can help your family see that God is loving and approachable. That's very simple. That's what we want to do in our family. You know, God's not this um, mystical force out there. He gives us in, in his scripture exactly the instructions, exactly how we can live a life that, that's pleasing to him, how we can live a Christ-centered life. And he's very approachable. You know, when we're messed up and, and, and when we don't have it all together, and I'm going to let you in on a clue. None of us have it, in all, have it all together. Um, those who say we've got it all together, guess what? They probably have less together than the rest of us because we, we're all messed up. We are all broken people, and that, that's okay to, to admit that. So how do we go? We, first, we, he loves you. He loves us. He is so approachable. And he wants us to just kind of come to him at, at, at his throne, at, at his throne of, of, of grace. So on an average, um, we have, as, as a family pastor, um, it, it's my job to create environments where kids connect to God. And, and so on an average year, we have your kids about 40 hours a year. 40. That's it. That's a one work week. Over, spread out over an entire year. Now, those, uh, those of you who actually work 40 hours uh, a week, you understand that 40 hours a week is not a lot of time, right? Uh, a lot of you work more than 40 hours a week, so you're, like, so you're thinking 40 hours really is not a lot of time at, at, at all. So 40 hours. On average, you as a parent have your kids 3,000 hours a year of unplanned time. You know, you've got Unplanned time means, you know, they're not in school. Unplanned times are they're in bed, asleep. Well, that's the plan that they would be in bed asleep anyway. Or, or they're in school. Um, so you just take just a few hours a day. So 3,000 hours a year. Not a lot of time. But, but 3,000 is a lot more than 40. So you as a parent have far more influence on your child's spiritual development than we do as a church. You are actually the number one catalyst for your child's spiritual growth. And so what you seek in, the, in that time and what, to, what you're hungering and thirsting and filling yourself with has a huge influence on your kids. So I have this jar right here. Someone asked me earlier, said, are you losing your marbles? I'm like, yep. I actually lose one a week. There are 936 marbles in this jar. That's it. From the, time you're, from the day your child is born till the day they turn 18, 936 weeks. That's it. That's all you have. As, as, as a parent, you only have 936 weeks to build into your kids. For me, with, with my kids right now, I have a 14-year-old and 11-year-old. With my daughter, I only have 143 weeks left until she turns 18. With my son, I only have 299 weeks left until he turns 18. I was, and uh, there's this awesome, cool app um, that, that you can see as soon as I, there you go. It's called Legacy. And you can download it. It's a free download um, app. Nope, not that app. That, they're out, but we're going to get that one. Um, and, and it counts down. It counts down to the second. 
Every, every second that goes by that you're not being, that you're not pouring into your child or that your child is, is alive, it's counting down. And, and so as, as, as a parent, I realize I've only got this much time to be the number one influence and to create a Christ-centered home for my kids. In a survey we did a few months ago, um, we heard you say that, that you want more resources f- from us, uh, from, from LifePoint, as how could, that, that we can better help you as, as a family um, have these conversations at home, how, we, how you can better utilize your 3,000 hours of, of unplanned time that you have or your 936 weeks to, to continue the conversation um, at this home. So this resource that, that they're going to put up there, um, you, can download, you can download this app. It's called Parent Q. And if your child is birth through fifth grade, um, then you can download this app, and it follows exactly what the curriculum that we have, um, that, that we're using every single weekend. It gives you options for meal time, for drive time. If you're just hanging out in the car, your kids probably have something in their hands anyway. Hand them your phone, and it shows videos. It shows... Um, it has music, it has activities, it has discussion questions. If you're sitting around the table, um, then it has questions where you can just continue the conversation at home. Now, here's the thing about this app. It costs $1.99. If you download this app and you tell us these awesome stories or not even awesome stories, you're like, download this app and say, I'm going to try my best to do this. Tell us how it's working. We will give you not only the $1.99 back, we're going to go above and beyond. We're going to give you two whole dollars. <laughs> it makes accounting a lot easier. <laughs> so if you want, we don't want that $2 to stand in the way. So if that $2 is going to stand in the way um, of your iTunes account, let us know, and we'll be glad to give you that, that $2 back. Now, if, because it, it's worth it. So as simple as I can, and real quickly, um, I'm going to give you three ways to make hungering and thirsting for God um, a part of your life. The first one is involve God in your daily conversations. Now, this may start out weird at times, like, how do I involve God in my daily conversations? And, you know, a practical way would be, you know, if you're driving, if your kids go to school as early as mine and the sun's just now coming up, um, you know, like, instead of saying, that's a beautiful sunrise this morning. Then you say, God gave us a beautiful sunrise this morning. So just simply just adding God into your daily conversations. It's one way that that we can make hungry and thirsting for God um, a part of our family. Um, When we moved here in November, it was tough. You know, we left all of our friends in in Illinois, and we have a very tight community of of people um, in Illinois. We still keep in constant contact. And so we were kind of like, oh, we're here. Yay, no friends. And then we'd see them. um, You know, we love to to build fires and melt stuff. It was was awesome. And and so we'd see them sitting around the the fire pits melting stuff. So we're like, you know what? But God has blessed us. God brought us to North Carolina. We need to be thankful for that. So we started this list, and we call it the blessings list. And this list right here, we just keep it on our refrigerator. And anytime we see how God has blessed us, we write it on our blessings list because we know that God has such an amazing plan um, for us here. Second thing um, is make church a non-negotiable. Now, I know I'm preaching to the choir, right, because you're here every single weekend, right? You're, you're 52 weekers, right? Wow, they're one of the participation. Okay. 
crickets. Um, so take one hour a week, one hour. One hour of even your 3,000 um, hours of unplanned time. Just one hour of, of your week to honor the creator and sustainer, the very God that gave you the breath that you're breathing right now. And you just make it a non-negotiable. It's up. So, you know, we're going to church, period. You know, it's, that's just what we're doing. We have kind of built that into the culture of, of our family, and we know, my kids know, we're going to church. Not because I have to be here, but it's, it's a non-negotiable. Um, number three. Is showing how seeking and receiving God is, is fun. Because you know what? Seeking and receiving God is, is fun. God is a fun God. I, I truly believe that. Um, my, my son has what's called an action Bible. I'm sorry, an adventure Bible. It's one of them. Anyway, and um, it's basically the, the Bible in comic book form. It's Old Testament and New Testament. Well, he's a boy and I'm a boy, and so we like to look for the kind of fun stories. You know, there's poop in the Bible, right? Do you know that? Yep, there is. And leave it to an 11-year-old boy to find it, too. <laughs> so, so, so there's, this, there's a story of, of this king that um, is sitting on the throne. Not a king's throne. Not the fancy gold one, but, you know, the porcelain kind. And, and the king gets stabbed while he's on the throne. That's funny stuff if you're a boy. So find ways to, to, to seek and, and, and see how receiving, seeking and receiving God is fun. You know, there's, there's stories about a donkey talking. No, Shrek is not in the Bible, but there's a donkey that talks. And gets, so it's, it's awesome. And so when you can, you know, start having those conversations, and, and the girls, you know, there's lots of love stories and flowers and things. Um, so anyway, yep, that was ADD moment. You're right again. And so so shows how seeking and receiving um, God is, is fun. So here's the thing. With, with, with our family, um, we don't have to tell our kids to, to be good and, and, and to make the, the wise choices um, because that's just who we are. When you're seeking the one who is good, you don't have to tell them to be good. When, when your life is so Christ-centered and, and when you're saying, well, what should we do? Instead, you're changing the conversation of, well, what would God want us to do? And, and instead of thinking, should we do this? Well, God, do you want us? Or should I say this? Well, what would God want me to say? So when we're seeking the one who's good. I have a 14-year-old daughter, which is very scary. You can pray for me later. Um, she's awesome. She's right there. You're welcome. And... Um, <laughs> Yes, that was ADD, sorry. Um, and, and so her, her mom and I, we've never, I have, as a dad, I have never sat down and said, do not have sex with boys. Do not party. Do not drink. Do not do drugs. And you may be thinking, dude, you are crazy because she's 14. But you know what? I don't have to worry about that because it's just part of who we are. When God wants us to pursue righteousness, and, and that's what we teach. We teach pursue God, pursue the things. What would God want you to do in, in, in these situations? So we're leading toward a Christ-centered home. We're not there yet. I'm, I'm here to tell you, we are, we are not the perfect little happy family, as I, as I said earlier, but, but yet we, we lead toward that Christ-centered home. So you may be thinking, well, you have weird kids. Yeah, 
This is their dad. Um, you're right. We do have kind of weird kids, but you know what? I'd rather have a weird kid. I'd rather have a weird 11-year-old who takes his Bible to school and, and who is studying Scripture for poop and, and, and a daughter. And I'd rather have a weird daughter who's like, you know what? I'm not going to party and do drugs. You, ask, you can ask her today. She'll probably be embarrassed, but you can ask her, what's your number one qualification for a boyfriend? She's going to tell you that he has to love Jesus more than he loves me. So I may have weird kids, but I'd rather have weird kids by the world standard than normal kids by the world standard. And so you can involve God in your daily conversations. I love what, um, what Joshua says in Joshua 24, 15. He says, then choose for yourself this day whom you will serve. But as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. So you choose today who you're going to serve. You choose today what you're going to serve. Are you going to serve, serve the image or the popularity? Or are you going to serve the, the very God that gave you the breath that, that you are breathing in the sustainer of your, of your life? So hunger and thirst for righteousness. Hunger and thirst for those things that are pleasing to God. Let's pray. Father, we just pray that, that your spirit, God, just convict our hearts. God, help us to lead a life that is um, pleasing to you. God, we don't want Christian homes. We want Christ-centered homes. We want you to be at the very center of our hearts and our homes and every conversation we have. God, as parents, uh, we don't have so much time to build into our kids, and then we give them to the world. So, Father, we just pray that we'll use that 936 weeks of influence, however many weeks we have left. God, that, that you will be the center of our home. Thank you, God, for loving us. And, God, we thank you that we can start today. Time is, is, is in the past, and, and, and it's gone. We thank you that we can start right now, Father, that our hearts will, be, um, will, will come to you. And, Father, we just pray these things in your son's name. Amen.